You're now listening to the Hot Take Podcast with Stephen Blake, your source for everything fantasy football. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni and Blake Sullivan. Welcome in. Everybody, it is time for the Hot Take Podcast. My name is Stephen Taroni, the fantasy professor. And this is episode 50, guys, so I'm really excited today to talk to you guys about fantasy football on episode 50. Blake, we made it, man. 50 episodes. What do you think? Yeah, dude, that's kind of crazy, 50, man. It seems like we've been doing it longer than that in a way, but then again, 50 is a big number. So I think this is actually the one-year anniversary as well. Because I think there was one or two weeks there where we skipped in the summer where there just wasn't enough news to right. uh, you know, make a show. So I think this is actually the same time that we started last week because we left a couple of weeks uh, before so we could do our rankings debates. So right. it's been a full year now. Yeah, we started right around this time. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I definitely thought it'd be way more episodes. So 50 episodes. Um, I'm really excited for the, today's episode. We got Jeff Lambert on the show. So he's going to be joining us later. Uh, we're going to be talking about some confusing RB situations. I kind of see some light at the end of the tunnel for some of these. You know, we're going to talk some Dolphins backfield. We're going to talk some Patriots backfields. Uh, but first, before we get into that, Blake, talk to me about the Fisher House League and what's going on over there real quick for us. Um, talk to us about the Fisher House League. Yeah, so it's really cool. You know, obviously, we're on the full-time fantasy podcast network. Uh, I've been working with those guys. And I was just able to get the league set up this year on uh, the Fantasy Football World Championship site that's powered by full-time fantasy. So, obviously, we're in some best ball leagues and stuff over there. But we're going to go into year two of the best ball fantasy football tournament for the Fisher House Foundation. Uh, And this year, we're going to be on there doing the best ball. It's really nice because I don't have to manually enter every single person that wants to play this year. So it's going to be a lot faster for all the users to just awesome. Yeah. They can just click the link and be in a league and they don't have to wait around for me to, to get them in there and stuff like that. And the payment just goes through automatically. So it's so much easier. Uh, It's still the $20 entry fee like it was last year. And all of that goes to Fisher house foundation. Uh, And then again, you know, there's, there's no monetary prizes, but there's a ton of subscription giveaways, jersey giveaways, autographs, things like that. Um, so you're going to want to go ahead and get in on that. And it's kind of weird. I like to switch things up a little bit. So it's eight team leagues. Uh, so your your teams are absolutely stacked. So you always feel really confident, uh, but it's pretty deep draft. So you get to take some of those late guys that you just want to stake your claim on. Uh, and like I said, obviously it's season long best ball. So you don't have to worry about the waiver wire and all that nonsense. You can just sit back and enjoy your team. And you know, we're the hot take podcast. So that's the one thing I like about it is you can just get your hot takes out there. If you want to take somebody crazy, like Benny Snell, who I might take <laughs> your guy, you can, your boy. Yeah, you can do that at the end of a draft. And if you win, you get all those bragging rights on Twitter. Last year we had 80 teams in the league this year. We're hoping for 150. So if you pull out the victory, you know, it's quite a feat. Awesome. Where can people sign up for the Fisher House League? Yeah, so you can go on thefsgn.com. All the information is going to be there under the Fisher House Foundation tab. Uh, You can hit me up on Twitter at thefsgn or at Blake Sullivan FF, um, and I'll be glad to help you get it set up. 
Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I haven't got my invite yet. I know it just got started, but <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking like I should get one. Come on, Blake. You're slacking. Yeah, I know. I'm slow, you see. <laughs> um, cool. So we're going to talk about, before we have uh, Jeff on, talk some confusing uh, RB backfields. And I didn't even mention, today is our locks for the QBs and the tight ends. So last week, uh, I'm sure you tuned in for Elliot Chris. Uh, we had him on, and Blake and I discussed our RBs and our wide receivers. So tonight, we're going to talk about the QBs and the tight ends. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but first, we got to talk about our favorite moments of the hot take. So we have a year under our belt. I'll lead us off, Blake, because I really like yours. There's close seconds. There's runner-ups I have to mention here. I got to shout out John Laub because that is one of the best things to hear is when you make John Laub laugh on the show, uh, he just yelps in this, like, this hysterical like noise that is just amazing. I love every time John Laub laughs. So that's a runner-up right there. Uh, and we got to shout out Sam Lane's cat. I, was it a cat, Blake, or was it a dog? I forget. It was like a tiny dog or a big cat. I think it was a dog maybe, but it was curled up behind his head like it was a cat. Yeah, yeah. He came up and, like, brushed up against the thing, and then Sam, like, hit the microphone, and it was just this crazy noise. But if you saw the video, that, that's, you know, we, only Blake and I saw that happen live, um, and that was just an hysterical moment that, like, after the show, me and Blake were just cracking up. So shout out to Sam and shout out to uh, your, your dog. Um, he, he was pretty funny. We had a good laugh on that. I'm actually going to see Sam this weekend, so uh, if he's listening, I hope he doesn't kill me when he sees me. That is a large man. I don't know if you saw, you've you've seen the video of the uh, the leotard or whatever the singlet. <laughs> oh man, I I wish I, I hadn't <laughs> seen that, but uh, that's the one reason I'll be happy I'm not in Canton because I might have some post traumatic stress coming off of that. Yeah, I, I can't I can't stand to see that again. Right now, there's going to be some awesome people. Obviously, run by Bob Lung, uh, the midwest fantasy football expo so it's gonna be a bunch of people there bob harris of football diehards uh ryan mcdowell and you know these guys have been on the hot take so it's gonna be really cool to interact with them um so blake what is your uh what is your favorite moment from the hot take yeah so my favorite moment is uh you know and i actually don't even remember what we were talking about before it which is part of why it made it so uh memorable because it was just kind of out of nowhere um you know, I think we were kind of talking about how when we started the show, uh, you know, we worked really well together. Um, and, and, you know, it started as a rankings debate, but we ended up just kind of like echoing each other's statements because we were on the same wavelength. Um, and that we were just kind of like reminiscing on that, even though we were only a couple months in. Uh, and we brought up the reference to OJ's Bronco. Yeah. And, and I said that I would be driving and I was not going to stop. Right. Uh, I think, I think we were talking about the situation in general. Like for some reason we were talking about OJ and I was like, man, you know, if I was ever in a situation, I think I was like, you would be the driver. You were like, yeah, I would be the driver. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how we started the hot takes without the brakes saying, you know, and uh, so the cool thing is we actually have that kind of encaptured on our shirts that we made. Yeah, so, uh, very excited it, about that, man. T-shirts, or we got, like, jerseys, actually, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's like a replica jersey or sweatshirts, which is my personal favorite. Um, Wait, we have jerseys, Blake? Yeah, they're like uh, 
they're like just got like the hot take on the front and they're kind of like the mesh looking uh jersey what? yeah it's pretty sweet looking so oh, i haven't seen these yeah i'll have to share that hot take jerseys yes yes so i will be sharing this link on twitter for all you guys to to go check that stuff out um and like i said i personally recommend the sweatshirt the most because i ordered these for um for the fsgn tournament last year and the quality of them was just ridiculously good i did not want to take it off so um i didn't get a t-shirt last year so i'm hoping they're as good of a quality but i mean that sweatshirt was just like too comfortable to even take off. So we're going to have a lot of cool stuff coming up. So I'll be sure to share that link. Um, so you can find that on my Twitter. Steven will have it on his Twitter as well. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. We, uh, we gave Bob long a shirt. He was pretty excited about it. All right, cool. Let's get Jeff in here. Let's start talking some football. All right. So as promised, Jeff Lambert of going for two is on the show. What is going on, Jeff? What's up guys. How y'all doing today? Pretty good, dude. Yeah, we, uh, we're happy to have you on the show. You've been a friend of the show for a good bit here. I think this is the first time you're on, though. Uh, yeah, it might be, actually. I think we had planned something before, and I actually wasn't able to make it or something. So, yeah, I think this is the first time on the show. Yeah, no, we had a great We've time. been on with Jeff, though. Yeah, yeah, we, we had a great yep. time on that show. That was, that was great. We were talking uh, – I think we were talking uh, rookie rankings going into the draft. Yep, yep, we definitely were. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Yeah, we got to talk about Nikhil Harry and – we got to talk about our guy, James Williams, who he didn't make it, man. I know. I couldn't believe it. I, it's funny because at one point before the draft, I was thinking about taking him like in the second or third round of my fancy draft and then yeah. him to go undrafted and then be cut, you know, be the first guy to get cut. I was like, damn, I guess what I saw in him, it wasn't what the NFL saw him, I guess. Yeah, I actually ended up, this is bad. This could be potentially bad. I ended up taking him at the 311. Uh, in a fantasy draft, actually, over Darwin Thompson. Darwin Thompson was Ooh. available, yeah. So that could be come back and haunt me for sure. Yeah, That'll I reached very, out to very interesting. on Twitter, you know, to see if he would come on the show. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it, but uh, he's doing some camps now, some football camps in California, I believe. So maybe he'll make his way back to the NFL. Yeah, that would that would be great. I mean, he's a great pass catcher. Obviously, I just think, yeah, I guess he, you know, he didn't have the run against the uh, the the competition that you want to see coming out. Yeah, um, so that, that, that was a big deal right there. Jeff, real quick, talk to us about uh, the league that you were just talking about off air. I want everyone to know about that. All right, yeah. So, you know, obviously we're all in the Scott Fishbowl. Everyone for sure knows what that is. If you don't, it's, you know, large fancy tournament. Everybody's in it. Everybody in the industry is in it. It's, you know, been going on, I think, for nine years. You know, and they, you know, raise money for fantasycares.net, which obviously gives kids, uh, kids that are underprivileged toys for the holidays. So I was trying to figure out a way to bring that to Daily Fantasy. Last year, I, I brought it up too late, and I couldn't make it happen. So this year, I started early. Uh, I reached out. I got some connections at DraftKings. So I reached out to DraftKings and say, hey, I want to do this tournament. You know, I want it to be a little bit larger than what the, you know, the standard is. You only do a 200-man tournament on DraftKings if you do it by yourself. So they gave me a 1,000-man free roll, basically, and actually put up some prizes. They gave me some, uh, some DraftKings T-shirts, um, some DraftKings dollars, that kind of stuff. So uh, it's free to join. Uh, donations are optional. You know, you can donate to fancycares.net. You can do it through my GoFundMe page. Uh, to, to find all the details, you just go to goingfor2.com backslash charity. Uh, all the links are there. Basically, you're just going to go there, register for your, you know, for your inv invitation. Uh, it's just basically your name and email address. And once the, the contest goes live, I'll email the URL out to everybody. And like I said, donations are optional. You know, even if it's a little as five bucks, uh, we're trying to raise at least $1,500. we are about uh, a quarter of the way there or a third of the way there. We got a little over 500 raised right now. So we're hoping to reach our goal before the season starts. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a, 
a great idea, great concept. I'm glad you're doing it, Jeff. Yeah, I, uh, definitely am interested in getting involved. So breaking news here, uh, Andrew Luck is going to miss the entire preseason. So it came out today that they figured out where the source of the pain is coming from in Andrew Luck's calf. It's actually more of an ankle injury. Um, and so just to take precaution, they're telling us that Andrew Luck is not going to play in preseason. So what does that mean, Blake? Are we, are we scared at this point that he's not going to play in preseason? That, you know, let's say that he is going to play week one. Are you touching him this year? I warned everybody last year. I said, stay away from Andrew Luck. He is a wheelchair that is able to throw football. But, you know, he went out and had an amazing season. And then, of course, I bought into him a little bit just in time for it to come back and bite me. Um, I don't think you should worry too much about him missing the preseason because, obviously, it's not important. They want him to be healthy for the regular season. Uh, but the fact that they're a little bit skeptical of him playing in week one, that's cause for concern for me because, you know, the way we've seen with him, it looks like it's going to be one or two weeks and it ends up being the entire season. Uh, but the thing that really concerns me is he's 6'4", 240 pounds, and it's an ankle injury. At least the thing with the you know, shoulder was bad because it's throwing. Uh, obviously, that's not good either for a quarterback. But, you know, a big guy like that on a bad ankle uh, really concerns me, especially if he's going to be standing in the pocket. He's going to start taking a lot of big hits as well. So it's going to lead to other potential injuries. You look at Aaron Rodgers had similar type injuries with, you know, the back of his calf. Uh, and you looked at the fantasy production during those periods of time where he was out with that or where he was, I should say, limited uh, or he was on the field but just wasn't himself. And, you know, that's really going to hurt Andrew Luck. Yeah, so it came out, Adam Schefter tweeted that uh, the Colts GM, Chris Ballard, said that Andrew Luck, uh, with the source of the pain, was actually ankle. So it is an ankle injury. And then 20 minutes ago, just to clarify, uh, Adam Schefter tweeted, that Andrew Luck is likely to miss the preseason. So it isn't, he isn't ruled out just yet. Um, but, Jeff, so what do you make of all of this? And do you expect him to play week one? I think he will still find a way to be there week one. I think that this team needs him. I don't know if it's the same type of injury that he had when he had the shoulder injury and that put him out. He couldn't even throw a football at that point. Um, I think, you know, players get injured even throughout the season. They're going to have injuries pretty much all year. Uh, so I think that this injury is one that he can probably play through. Now, will he be as effective as he was last year? Uh, probably not, especially in the running game, you know, because he does rush the ball a little bit, gets those extra little bit of fancy points. So I'm a little bit worried about that. I'm also worried about him, too. If I'm drafting a redraft league and I don't know his week one status, uh, I have to draft a second quarterback. And I don't like doing that in my fantasy league. I just draft one quarterback, and that's what I got. I ride out, and I stream the one week he's on a bye week. But if you got Andrew Luck and you're not sure if he's going to make it for week one or not, you got to have somebody to, to put – plug into your lineup. So you're going to take two quarterbacks going into your fancy drafts. And that kind of limits you on who you can take, you know, your, your, your late round flyer guys that you want to try to, you know, grab late rounds and hopefully explode. So that's more what I'm worried about. I think he still plays week one and maybe he starts a little bit slower than he did last season, but I'm not too worried about it right now. Yeah. So one thing to consider is that his ADP is plummeting. So Blake, we were in that uh, the full-time fantasy mock that's going to be on Sports Illustrated uh, coming soon, and you saw Andrew Luck just plummet, right? Like, he was going down into the double-digit rounds easily. Um, yeah, I want to say he went in the 10th round. I'm, I'm not positive on that, but I want to say it was the 10th round. And, you know, I was sitting there like, do I take Andrew Luck or not? But 
you know, if Andrew Luck was sitting there, nobody else was drafting quarterbacks. So I think it's a good thing for us experts anyway that are used to drafting like that, drafting quarterbacks late. Um, it's going to open up doors to being able to get a good quarterback on a team that you stack stack very well with your running backs and wide receivers like normal because you're going to see a lot of people maybe when Andrew Luck's not flying off the board, they're a little more hesitant to take those other quarterbacks as well. Yeah, you know, to Jeff's point, you know, even if he goes down to the 10th round, which, you know, it remains to be determined right now, his ADP is back at the sixth round, uh, which could be considered value if you really think he's going to be healthy. Uh, but, you know, if, if he goes down to the eighth, ninth round, you take Andrew Luck, and then he's ruled out week one. Well, then what? Then you have to pick up a quarterback, not only pick up quarterback, but you have to keep Andrew Luck because you can't just drop him and right. then come back week two. So you're going to be put in a situation. Uh, but it might be worth it because we know Andrew Luck, you know, is, is a top five quarterback but not for all intents and purposes. So it's a really tough situation. I think we just have to kind of, you know, play it out and see what happens with Andrew Luck before we make any decisions. But if you're drafting today, you're going to be facing that decision. And I would probably lean against it at this point. Let me ask you guys this question real quick before we move on from Andrew Luck. If you yeah. do draft Andrew Luck and you don't want to take a second quarterback, do you feel comfortable with, uh, was it Brissett that's behind him? you feel comfortable starting him in week one if you're going to you know, not draft two quarterbacks? It, I guess it would depend on the matchup. I, I don't know. I, I would might, might rather have somebody else, right, if I had the choice. I think so, too. I, yeah. I think I'd probably pass because most drafts you're going to see guys like Joe Flacco, who's kind of like a guaranteed points guy. Uh, or what I would be doing is taking a shot on Ryan Fitzpatrick week one. Maybe he'll go off for 40 points like you saw last year. You could just randomly do that. I think I would rather take a chance there than going with Brissett. So another, another thing to consider is that they're at the Chargers week one, and that's just not a good matchup. That's not a good matchup for Andrew Luck either, really. Yep. I mean, so he, they, look, they might be seeing that, and if his, his ankle's not feeling well – He's not going to want to walk in to Joey Bosa and the boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that they might just wait it out and let Jacoby take that. It's a, it's a situation to, to monitor for sure. I, I, to answer your question, Jeff, I think I would just pass on Jacoby in most situations. You probably get like Sam Darnold even, maybe Matthew Stafford. Uh, you know, there's yep. a lot of guys out there. Now, um, if we're talking but, daily fantasy, Brissett all the way. He's probably minimum salary right now. 100%. So let's talk about these running backs, guys. And then, of course, later we're going to talk about our locks of 2019. So let's kind of go through these. We have a few to talk about. Uh, so let's start at the 49ers. So it came out that McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon, his knee isn't right yet. And it looks like he's going to start the season on the PUP. He's not looking good right now. Um, it's, it's an interesting situation because they really invested him at one point, and he looked to be the, the number one, clearly. So now they brought in Tevin Coleman, and, you know, obviously we know why now because they needed that. They needed a guy to replace McKinnon. So we got Tevin Coleman and we got Matt Burita. I think those are the two guys that we've narrowed it down to. Um, of course, there's Raheem Mostert. There's, you know, my, my name is Jeff, Jeff Wilson. Um, so <laughs> what do we do here with the 49ers backfield, Blake? You know, I, I think it's kind of, you know, we talked about it last, last week, I think, too, a little bit. Um, and McKinnon was activated from the PUP list. So that's kind of a positive for McKinnon, but I think his role is still going to be too limited for me to really want to buy in there. Um, you got Tevin Coleman that, you know, they picked him up for a reason. And I think it was mainly because they weren't sure if McKinnon was going to be healthy enough or not. And they kind of wanted that insurance, but, uh, I don't think they would have got a guy like that if they didn't plan on playing him ahead of them. 
as far as being over Breida and McKinnon. So I think Tevin Coleman's going to be the RB1 there. But I think that Breida and McKinnon are both going to get enough volume that it's not going to be a role that you're really going to like for Tevin Coleman, even though he could be that lead back. You saw in Atlanta, you know, he had Ido Smith behind him, and he vultured a lot of touchdowns. But Tevin Coleman still had respectable uh, numbers because he got enough volume in that offense. But when you're adding two guys like that that are worthy of taking away carries, it just kind of worries me. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, so I think I've heard, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the 49ers, so I've followed them pretty closely. But the rumor is now that McKinnon could potentially end up on the IR um, because he's not ready to go for week one. And because they deactivated him from the pup list, they can't now put him on the in-season pup list. So their only option would be to either keep him on the roster as an active player and not play him or put him on IR. He loses another season. So there's a small chance that that could happen. So I'm definitely, you know, not touching McKinnon in any of my drafts. Now, with that said, the Breida and Coleman situation is kind of interesting because, you know, Shanahan came from Atlanta where he had Devontae Freeman and uh, Tevin Coleman there. And I think he wants to recreate that in San Francisco with the two backs. You know, I think Matt Breida actually fills the Devontae Freeman role a lot better than uh, than McKinnon did anyway. And I think Tevin Coleman, if you're going to, you know, comp Tevin Coleman, the best comp to Tevin Coleman is Tevin Coleman. So he's going to fill that Tevin Coleman role in this offense. And why not? I mean, he did awesome when he was there in Atlanta. He knows the offense already. He can step right in and be that guy. And I think both guys uh, are viable in fantasy. And if you bought Brita, you know, I've been pumping this guy since, you know, since February, basically. If you're drafting that early, I'd say Brita's the guy you want. He was going in late 13th, 14th, 15th round, sometimes undrafted. And you know, now I kind of look like a genius now because I got him in all my teams. Yeah, that's a great that's a great take right there because I think that, you know, you could look at it like Tevin Coleman would be in that main role where Matt Burita would be the satellite back or the pass catching back. Uh, but, yeah, that's a great point. Now, last year, Matt Burita actually had over 800 yards rushing. Uh, so he had a nice season for you. He just didn't get the touchdowns. That's kind of where I'm thinking is, like, where are the touchdowns going to come from uh, from these uh, from these running backs? Um, and I think that it would probably be more so a mix of both, really, because neither of them stand out as, like, the better goal line back. But I think that Kyle Shanahan is going to use them both. Uh, so there's going to be weeks where Matt Burita gets the touchdown, and there might be weeks where Tevin Coleman gets the touchdown. So it, it's going to be interesting. I, you know, to your point, Jeff, Tevin Coleman, his ADP is going up. He's at the 508 right now. He's hit in the fifth round with all this news. Um, and Matt Burita is there for you in the 12th. So if you have to justify it like that, I, I would say Matt Burita is the pick. But, I, you know, Tevin Coleman, I, I'm definitely uh, – he's still on my radar. If he slips in drafts, I really liked him a couple weeks ago before all this news came out because I was really buying his ADP at like the seventh, eighth round for Tevin yep. Coleman. But now he's moved up a little bit. He's kind of getting too rich for my blood. Matt Burita is there. So if I want a piece of the backfield, I think Burita is the way to go. Um, now it's a good point because I think that Coleman is, is the better pass catcher where people might think Burita is. Right. Yeah. I think Coleman fits that role. Like I said, he stepped right into the role he already had in Atlanta and Burita, you know, he was good last year. His biggest knock was that he couldn't stay on the field. He was injured a lot. You know, and he found a way to stay on the field. In some games, I got, you know, a note on my phone saying, Breeders down with a knee injury, looks scary. And then right. back a minute later, he's got 50 yards rushing. I'm like, well, I guess that knee must have been okay. So, yep. but I think he fills that Freeman role a little bit better than, than Coleman does. We saw last year, Coleman was the number one guy, and he uh, he didn't do so well. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and I think uh, if if Shanahan, you know, is, is a smart coach, which I think, you know, we all agree he is, uh, he'll put him in that role knowing that, look, he's not, he's not the workhorse back that we 
we want him to be. He's going to have, you know, he's going to be spotty with his, with his, uh, with his snaps, but at the same time, you know, he can break off one for 40, 50 yards and really win you a week. So Tevin Coleman is certainly a guy to keep your eyes on. Just, uh, I, I just feel, you know, like if his ADP gets a little too high, I think that it's going to be tough to justify it. Agreed. Uh, so let's move on to the Patriots. Uh, we got word coming out of uh, Patriots camp that Damian Harris hasn't been playing well, hasn't begun the snaps with the one. It is Sony Michelle's uh, backfield right now as far as getting uh, first team reps. So Blake, I, you know, I know you're a big uh, James White fan. Um, is it just a mix of Sony and James White and both of them can be productive in fantasy this year? Yeah, I think you're going to see more of the same. Basically what you had last year, you're going to have again this year. Uh, Rex Burkhead's going to be healthy though, so I think he is going to get some some more work. Not very much, basically just a breather uh, here and there, late in games when they've got a big lead. That could happen quite a bit. Uh, but you know, Damian Harris still does have a shot. I think it's going to be between him and Rex Burkhead as far as having that kind of role. But I think Rex Burkhead's going to get it in the end. Um, I don't think I would really be drafting either of those guys though. Maybe you drafted Damian Harris and some. Uh, in some of your rookie drafts for dynasty. But uh, like I said, I think Sony Michelle and James White are going to have way too much volume for any of the other guys to be relevant. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, obviously with the Patriots backfield, there's always some questions, but there's a lot of value to be had there. Um, they're turning into, or the, the transition has already taken place. They are a run first team. Um, and that's going back to like Eric Blunt, where they wanted to run it down your throat. So now they have Sony Michelle to do that. Um, Jeff, what do you think of Damian Williams right now? Do you think he's going to take away enough from Sony Michelle for Sony Michelle not to return value? You mean Damian Harris? You said Damian Williams. I knew who you meant, but yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, with the uh, Damian Harris, the thing with I'm a little nervous is the is the whole rookie thing. And up until last year, you know, Michelle they get a shot eventually, but Belichick's notorious for not starting rookies. I mean, we've heard it already. Nikhil Harry is you know not with the ones either. He's he's you know behind those guys. They got to earn their way in. So that's why Damian Harris isn't starting right now. And if Michelle comes in, you know, week one, week two, week three, and he's playing well, you know, why would they just change that up and go to Damian Harris? Now, granted, it is Bill Belichick, and he'll do whatever the hell he wants to do. You know, Michelle could have 200 yards rushing one week, and the next week touch the ball three times for all we know. But I've also heard that Michelle has been getting some more passing work uh, in this offense as well, which would raise his, his floor and his ceiling tremendously. You know, I just went and pulled up his college stats, and he wasn't a terrible receiver in college. I mean, he had two seasons in 15 and 16 where he had, you know, two receptions, two receptions, touchdowns in those those two seasons through the air. So he's not as bad as, like, say, a, a Jordan Howard is where he didn't just catch the ball at all. I just think that James White was just so good that, uh, you know, Michelle didn't catch the ball at all at last year. But I think that number could go up. Um, and like you said, it is a, a run-first team now. It's become a run-first team over the last couple of years. And, you know, it's the thing now with two running backs. You know, you got to have two running backs. There's the chance that Michelle could get injured. So I think Damien Harris is probably more of an insurance policy for Michelle if he gets injured. But I don't see him cutting into his workload as much as everyone is afraid that he might. Based on that logic, which I'm, I'm right with – I'm there with you, Jeff. Uh, Sonny Michelle is great value. He's in the fifth round. You know, he was uh, – at the beginning of uh, – you know, after the Super Bowl and we were kind of doing our dynasty startups and all that uh, around March, you know, Sony Michelle was like considered a third round guy. 
Yep. Um, so he really went down, um, especially with Damian Harris get, or Damian, yeah, Damian Harris <laughs> getting yep. a lot of the buzz. <laughs> yeah, I'm so used to talk about Damian Williams, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, with the buzz surrounding Damian Harris, uh, you know, Sony really dropped. I, I think that Sony's a great value. I mean, he's the starter for the Patriots, and you know, he's a 20 carry type of guy when he's healthy. So you just have to monitor his health. He's one of those guys that you really have to pay attention to. I think it also has to uh, uh, kind of how you draft too. I think if Michelle's my RB three, I'm more comfortable with that than he is if he's my RB two. So if I draft running backs early and get Michelle wherever he's going, fifth round, whatever, late fifth, early sixth, and he's my RB three, I'm I'm okay with that. But if he's my RB two and or even my RB one, I've seen some some cases people wait that long for running backs. Sure. I'm a little bit more nervous about that. Yeah, if you if you don't draft, if you go zero RB and then you you're like, okay, I gotta take a shot here in the fifth. Sony all of a sudden is your RB1. That's a tough situation, especially because he's, he's kind of labeled as injury prone. You know, he missed some time last year. He missed time in college. Uh, so it, it's, it, it's kind of tough with Sony. But, yeah, like you said, if he's your RB3, I, I think it's, it's worth the risk. Um, so let's move on to the Dolphins' backfield. Uh, another guy who has dropped in ADP is Kenyon Drake. And with all the buzz surrounding Kalen Bellage, Kenyon Drake is now down at the back of the sixth round. So, Blake, we were just talking off air – Kenyon Drake was really high up there a couple months ago. Yeah, so Kenyon Drake was uh, this time in July, just one month ago. He was up to four eleven, and now he's what at the six oh eight. So he's got almost two full rounds that he's fallen, uh, and that's in twelve team leagues. So that's about twenty twenty four spots. Uh, the way I'm seeing it is, you know, just kind of a Kalen Balage hype. I think he does have the talent that you know maybe take that spot away from. Uh, from Kenny Drake, but like we talked about off air, I'm not touching Kenny Drake in any kind of standard formatting or even in half PPR. I've got to get a really good value on him, I think. But if you're in full point PPR and you're getting him that late in the draft, like go ahead and take it. You know, that's a great value. Uh, the nice thing is, you know, in that mid round kind of tier, there's nobody else that's going to give you the amount of upside that Kenyon Drake will. Yeah, 73 targets last year. And, you know, what Kenyon Drake is, is he's a, he's a glorified satellite back. I mean, he's not going to be a guy who's going to give you 20 carries a game. Um, whether he can be that guy or not, I just don't see the Dolphins using him as, as that. And I think they realize that they have – they don't have to use him that way because if they did, you know, there's more risk for injury. Uh, he's not as efficient. Uh, there's different reasons why you wouldn't use Kenyon Drake in that way. So now they have Kalen Balaj, who's going to be more of the bruiser. And that's kind of how I'm looking at this, uh, this Miami Dolphins backfield. Um, Jeff, do you agree? And are you buying Kenyon Drake now that he's dropped? Now that he's dropped, I'm definitely buying him. I wasn't buying him before. And I think that they're going to try to creep that one-two punch with Balaj and Drake. And if you look at their preseason, you know, snap counts, you can kind of figure out how they're looking at these two guys. You know, usually this, the starters, quote-unquote starters, don't play much in the preseason. And both uh, Drake and Balaj, you know, played very few snaps in this preseason game. So I think they've kind of viewed them both as, like, co-starters. I think Drake – I mean, people don't realize last year in PPR leagues, Drake was an RB2. You know, as bad as we think he was last year, everybody's kind of, you know, giving the ball more, Gase, giving the ball more. He was still an RB2 in PPR league. So, it's, it's, you know, if, if he has any, you know, uh, increase in the running game at all uh, – he can be, you know, he can easily be a, a, a high-end RB two again this year. Uh, Balaj may take some touchdowns away from him, but really, are you giving the ball to Kenyon Drake down the goal line anyway? He's kind of a small guy. I think he is that sort of satellite back. He's the the new, you know, the new NFL with this, 
you know, you got your big bruiser on first and second down. You got your 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 faster, you know, sort of slot receiver slash running back guy that you can bring into the, the game to do all kinds of stuff. So I think it's just kind of the new NFL in the way it is, and they're trying to create that in Miami as well. Yeah, and, and that being said, I'm really excited for Kenyon Drake with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that's a, that could be a lot of fun. I think that Fitzpatrick is the kind of guy who utilizes the talent around him uh, while he's out there, and you know he's going to be a gunslinger. Um, so they're going to draw up plays for Drake where he gets a couple, like, downfield, like, wheel routes, um, and, you know, he's going to get some good opportunity in the screen game, especially, you know, they actually do have field stretchers there in, uh, in Miami. So when you look at that, you know, being a satellite back in today's NFL, especially in the PPR league, like Blake was talking about, it's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. Yeah, Miami is definitely my sleeper team of the year as far as fantasy goes. Uh, I still don't think they're going to have a great year, but the thing I'm looking at is Ryan Fitzpatrick is available in every league. You're probably going to get him on waiver wires. Um, so that's one thing I'm doing. I'm looking at Kenyon Drake's having a big year. But the big thing for me is you got Kenny Stills and Albert Wilson and Devontae Parker who can all stretch the field. That's going to be huge for those running backs, too, because they're going to get in the red zone a lot more than they ever did with Ryan Tannehill. So uh, I think the ceiling this year goes up so much more, and the floor doesn't really change at all because Ryan Fitzpatrick's a solid enough quarterback. Uh, they're still going to get the same amount, I think. It, but I, I think the ceiling just increases two or three times. Agreed. Oh, man. I, I am going to love it when Preston Williams starts getting involved and maybe Devontae Parker starts missing some weeks because of an ankle injury. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Preston Williams is in a real good situation with Brian Fitzpatrick giving him 11 targets in the red zone, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's, definitely getting, he's definitely getting that hype. I think about uh, who is that cornerback on his team. His name escapes me right now. But he said that he's an R, he's a wide receiver one in the making because he did, has traits. Did Xavier Rhodes say that? Yes, yeah, Xavier Rhodes. He says he's got he's a wide receiver one. You know, it, you match up in practice, he kind of sees those traits. So maybe he is. All right, we might have to stop talking about that here on the <laughs> So let's get into our locks here for the quarterback position. Uh, I see a lot of great guys on this list. Um, unfortunately, I don't have any new content this week. It's the same guys I've been preaching for the last weeks. Uh, really high on both these guys. Both these guys have the same bye week, so obviously you're not going to get both of these guys. And coincidentally – both these guys are quarterbacks for both of my wide receivers that I liked last week as my locks. That was Calvin Ridley and Cooper Cup. Uh, so I'm going with Jared Goff and Matt Ryan. I'll start with Jared Goff. Um, you know, I'm a little bit nervous to see what happens with Todd Gurley. I think losing Todd Gurley is going to hurt Jared Goff quite a bit. A lot of people are going to say, well, why? He gets so many carries. Well, you know, he also gets six or 700 receiving yards. So that's a lot of fantasy points coming from Jared Goff. Uh, but at the end of the day, even if Todd Gurley's gone, I think that's going to increase, you know, targets for Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, guys like that. So I'm not too concerned about it. And, you know, if he gets into a gunslinging match, he's probably going to win. He's just a really good quarterback. And then when I move over to Matt Ryan, it's kind of the same thing. You know, people are saying – oh, well, Devontae Freeman's back. They're going to run the ball so much. And I'm like, cool. That's good with me. This is going to be a balanced attack now. Whereas last year, Tevin Coleman wasn't that successful at running the football, and it got him behind in the chains a lot of times, put pressure on Matt Ryan. Uh, the defense was 
the defenses were able to, you know, kind of snuff out some of those passes. Whereas this year with Devonte Freeman back there, they're going to kind of have to honor that a little bit more. Yeah, those are great points. I mean, you know, uh, Matt Ryan, you know, to me, um, he's kind of a, a regression candidate. So I, I'm a little, I'm kind of off of Matt Ryan this year, but he's a guy that is on a highly potent offense. Obviously he's going to be throwing the ball to one of the best receivers in the game. He has arguably one of the best running backs in the game. And then you have a guy like Calvin Ridley. So the weapons are there. Um, and you know, it just really comes down to touchdowns for, for Matt Ryan. So if he can get up into, you know, that upper half of the league in touchdowns, you're happy. But if he has like an off year in that category, it just, he doesn't return the value. So Matt Ryan is definitely a guy who has top three upside because that's what he was last year. He was a Q, the QB three overall. Uh, so gotta love Matt Ryan. Jeff, how are you feeling about Matt Ryan this year? Uh, I actually love Matt Ryan. And I think, you know, Matt Ryan's knock on him every year is that, you know, he can't play outdoors and he can't play outside of a dome. He's playing in Goodweather stadiums pretty much every week this, you know, this year, I think these yeah. like 10 of his 16 games are going to be in domes. And then looking at the schedule too, he doesn't have any games that it's going to be a factor with weather. He plays the Eagles in week two, you know, unless it rains that weekend, I doubt there's any weather in there, but looking at the end of the year where it starts to get cold, he's playing in Jacksonville. Uh, he's playing at my 49ers. He's playing at Tampa Bay. You know, there's no weather games that are going to affect him at all. So I think if you're looking at, at uh, Matt Ryan, I think that, the sky's the limit for this guy. He's got great, you know, talent around him. He's got Julio Jones. He's got Calvin Ridley. Mohamed Sanu's still there. Uh, Devontae Freeman's a great receiver out of the backfield. Uh, the offense will be more balanced this year, which I think helps out Matt Ryan a little bit. And I think Julio Jones last year learned how to catch touchdowns somehow. So that'll help him out as well. So, yeah, Matt Ryan is, a, is an awesome pick. And I think he gets overlooked a lot, you know, each year just because he – He's had those down years where you could kind of get burned by him, but I think he's kind of figured it out, and I think this offense is too good to, to not have Matt Ryan. So, Jeff, who's one, who is one of your quarterbacks? We're going to do two quarterbacks, and then we're going to get into Titans. We're going to do one. So who's one of your quarterbacks? All right, so one of my quarterbacks that everybody's kind of scared of him because of the way he ended up last year, and that's Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton is going to have a bounce-back season. I think the shoulder is fine. I think he's going to go back to doing what he does best, you know, running the ball, Shock putting it down the field to his two fast receivers, DJ Moore and uh, Curtis Samuel. Of course, they still got Christian McCaffrey, the do-it-all running back out of the backfield who can catch passes uh, and sort of pat his stats, catch that two-yard pass and take it 40 yards to the house. So Cam Newton is my guy. You know, you also have that rushing floor as well. You know, he'll get 40 or 50 yards rushing. He may have a rushing touchdown to sort of add to his, his stats there. So Cam Newton is not only a bounce-back candidate for me, but he's one of my locks this year. I love it. Yeah. I mean, and especially he's going to be so cheap in drafts. I mean, for some reason, like Cam Newton is just not being drafted highly this year. Um, maybe it's because of the shoulder. I think people are kind of uh, fading him because of that. And then what the bad taste he left in your mouth last year when uh, he couldn't produce in fantasy. Um, I remember sitting next to my buddy who had Cam Newton and he needed like just two points in the fourth quarter. I was like, oh yeah, Cam's going to get that. And he didn't. <laughs> yeah. He didn't do it. And it was really tough. It was that good. was me. That was me. Second second uh, week of the playoffs, I got eliminated because Cam Newton couldn't get any four points. Right. Against the Saints, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And usually, like in years past, that's just like such a good matchup. But, you know, the Saints 
are a good defensive team. Cam's shoulder wasn't right, and it just didn't work out. So he's now in the ninth round. So uh, it's just going to – it's just value all day. And Cam is actually one of those guys, just like Matt Ryan, that for some reason with these quarterbacks, like these two in particular, every other year they're either a QB1 or a QB2. Yep. I'm not saying that you really should like look into that pattern at all, but it goes back some years. And this year would be Cam Newton is a QB one, and he's usually like around the top five. And then Matt Ryan would be like around QB 15. Um, and the difference is, again, touchdowns. But for Cam, it's also the rushing yards, and he kind of fluctuates with that. Yep. Um, maybe if the shoulder isn't right, you have a chance of him running a little bit more. Uh, so that could be a good thing. But I think if you're drafting Cam Newton, you want his shoulder to be 100%. It looks pretty good so far from what I've seen um, in, in the videos I've seen in the offseason. So I think we're okay with Cam Newton. He's cleared to play. He's ready to go. So you should draft him uh, as he's healthy, as if he's healthy. Uh, so one of my guys uh, is Carson Wentz. And, you know, we talked about it on our QB show. Uh, Carson Wentz is my QB5 overall. Um, so I think that's a little bit higher than, than most. Uh, he's – you know, he's pretty cheap right now in drafts um, at the eighth round. You know, that might be a little bit earlier than you want to uh, draft a quarterback. Um, but I do think he's going to return value. Me personally, I usually wait, so I'm probably not going to get a lot of Carson Wentz. Uh, the other day in that, that full-time fantasy mock, like, he dropped into, like, the 14th round. I was perfectly fine with Carson Wentz in the 14th round. Yeah, yeah. No brainer at that point. Yeah, um, I, it, all the all these quarterbacks just went um, way late, like Cam Newton. Um, so uh, Carson Wentz, look, Deshaun Jackson is coming to town. And what Deshaun Jackson does for quarterbacks has not been talked about enough because every time uh, D-Jax comes in town, their quarterbacks are great for fantasy. If you think about last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was on the field, not so much Jameis. They didn't really click. Um, and uh, if you think back to uh, Kirk Cousins – you know, he provided uh, Deshaun Jackson with a 1,000-yard season. Um, so, Djax really opens up things for the quarterback. You're looking at this Eagles team as one of the most elite offenses in the league. That's how I'm looking at it, at least. When you have Alshon Jeffrey, Djax, one of the best tight ends in the league, and Zach Ertz, who's just that safety blanket, red zone monster. Um, and then now you have Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, who – can be a really lethal combo. It might be frustrating for fantasy if both of them are on the field, but as for real football, that's a great combo to have for a quarterback. Um, I think it's wheels up for Carson Wentz just because of the weapons around him. Uh, we know that two years ago he was the QB6 overall um, in the full season. He had a ridiculous season. Uh, last year he was still kind of recovering, and he didn't play the whole season again. So Injury is definitely a concern with Carson Wentz, but look, if he's healthy and he is as of right now, I'm drafting him as my QB1. Yeah, I love that call. I think Carson Wentz is a great call. I think people are scared of his injury history as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I think I have Carson Wentz exactly where you have him as QB5. So, Jeff, I really like the next quarterback that you have. I think he's great value this year. And even before the Andrew Luck news, he was actually my QB3 overall. Yeah, so my, you know, he's actually just moved it to three as well. He just overtook Andrew Luck with this news that just broke, and that's uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know, he has the potential to be the QB one overall, and, you know, he has that in him. He's done it. He has the weapons around him to do it. I think Aaron Jones in that offense, the running back in that offense, helps him out to balance that offense out a little bit. Of course, he's got one of the best receivers in the game in Devontae Adams. He's got some guys that are, you know, good enough, like Jerome Allison and, and MBS that can sort of take pressure off of them, and then 
Jimmy Graham had a bad season last year, but I think a lot of it came down to injury. If he can stay healthy, he could be a, a red zone option for them as well. So I think Rodgers, you know, he's got his new offense now. He got everything that he wanted. You know, why wouldn't he go out and perform now and play like he's played in the past couple of years? I know last year he burned a lot of people with the way he played, but he also played injured pretty much the whole season. You know, that, that knee injury he had, I think, in week one or week two, you know, lingered all season long. And now he's fully healthy as far as we know. And, you know, he just booted up the QB3. You know, obviously I've got Watson and Mahomes ahead of him. Uh, but there's no reason that, that Rodgers couldn't be the QB1 overall this year. Yeah, no, no question. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is due for a bounce back. I think that there's some people that might be, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't really return value last year, you know, so he's going to slip. Uh, you might have a bad taste in your mouth, but, you know, A-Rod is going to be A-Rod at the end of the day. Blake, you know that more than anybody. Are you feeling like there's a comeback season for Aaron Rodgers? I feel like it is, but then it's like, it's kind of like he didn't go anywhere. I kind of right. have this love-hate relationship with Aaron Rodgers because, you know, he'll be he'll be on your fancy team and putting up 20 to 25 points like it's nothing. But then you you have these, like, like last season, it was really hard for him to put up 30 fantasy points and just killed you. You know, you, you knew you were going to have a decent game from him, but you didn't have any hope of him putting up one of those crazy games, it seemed like. Because Devontae Adams could only do so much. But now you've got some of these younger guys, and you've got Jake Kumaro coming back that I really like. He'll be healthy this year. I think yeah. he's going to be in that offense some. That's the guy you need to be looking at late in drafts. Uh, him and Rodgers actually had really great connection last year, and I thought he was going to step in and actually become their wide receiver too. But uh, he got hurt. So I think he's still got a hill to climb. But, you know, he's got a lot of guys like that. And you talked about Jimmy Graham, who I've also talked about. I think he's a great bounce-back candidate this year. He was just inconsistent last year, and he had didn't get any touchdowns, you know. Um, if you start looking at him back when he was in Seattle or even way back in New Orleans, you know, he's a 10-touchdown guy. He adds those 60 points, and he's a top-five tight end. So I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a bounce back here because I think he's healthier. Uh, but I, I'm not taking him as a top-three if I can get him as maybe like the fifth quarterback off the board, I'm going to reach up for him a little bit and draft him. Uh, but I've kind of been staying away from him because he's been a little bit too inconsistent for me lately. Okay. And, you know, you got a little bit of bias because you're a Packers fan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, like, as, as far as a quarterback goes, I think he's the best quarterback out there. And right. I think he, you know, he's a top three quarterback all time. Right. But no. as far as fantasy goes, you know, we got to have a little plug for Bob Lung every week about consistency. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know the numbers on it exactly, but I know just from watching him week to week, I, I'm in a league where you can pick any player uh, any week. It's basically like a season-long DFS league, uh, but there's no salary cap. I've watched it with Aaron Rodgers where, you know, like two or three years ago, it was every week he was steady, 30 points guaranteed. And he'd have four touchdowns every game. It's kind of like Mahomes last year. Right. But then these last couple of years, he's been injured, kind of been mad at McCarthy, missed some third down throws, um, you know, and have those early, those early third down throws is the worst thing. They'd go out there for one set and then they'd get booted off the field. Uh, those things have really hurt his fantasy production. And that's the only thing that concerns me, even though I think he's going to have a great bounce back year. 
I think there's light because Mike McCarthy is gone. So I think the, the chains are off Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, I think there's going to be a, a, a little bit of a bounce back. I mean, he was what, uh, you know, he was still a QB one last year. He was still, you know, QB six or seven uh, around that area. Um, and uh, I, I think that he's going to move up into that top four this season. So looking forward to seeing what Aaron Rodgers can do. Um, my guy, my second quarterback here is Kyler Murray. Um, I am kind of taking a chance here, obviously taking a rookie as my lock. But, you know, uh, obviously we say it all the time, you know, scared money don't make money. And if you were scared to draft Mahomes last year, well, you didn't walk away with one of the best values, you know, we've ever seen in fantasy football. Um, so you have to kind of take that shot. And I'm not saying that Kyler Murray is Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's going to be anything close. But he still has the upside that you want at, when you're taking a QB late in draft. So I'm kind of looking at both of these guys as Carson Wentz and Kyler as having some very nice upside. Um, Kyler Murray is going to be a rushing quarterback, which is nice. He's going to have that floor. Um, he has elite speed at the quarterback position. Uh, he put up over 1,000 yards last season uh, in the D1 program, which is, you know, unreal uh, for Kyler Murray. Um, you know, and he has great deep ball. Think, you know, Russell Wilson as far as rolling out and throwing that nice deep ball that with accuracy. Um, so he has all the tools right now. And then the stars aligned with Cliff Kingsbury coming in Arizona, getting that number one overall pick. And now you're going to see this fast-paced offense with Murray at the helm, along with a Hall of Fame wide receiver in Larry Fitzgerald, which people really aren't talking about a lot. And I'm, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's getting very disrespected. He's a wide receiver, too, this season for me, and he's not being drafted as such. Um, but then you got David Johnson. you got a lot of weapons, uh, you know, big play guys like Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella. We're seeing Keyshawn Johnson having – very nice showing right now on the offseason and uh, preseason, uh, which, which doesn't say much. But, look, there's weapons around Kyler Murray. Um, I think the system uh, around him is perfect. So he's a QB1 as far as I'm concerned because I think that rushing floor is going to keep him there. I think he's going to get over 500 rushing yards at least. Um, so I'm thinking around 500, 600 rushing yards for Kyler Murray. Uh, if he gives you that, you're going to be happy with the return in fantasy. Where do you got him ranked? I'm just curious. I think it's seven or eight. Um, I need to pull up my rankings here. Uh, You're higher than me. I got him at nine. QB okay. nine. Yeah, I think I think Blake. We, did you have him as a QB one as well? Yeah, I have him as ten. But I yeah. I, I specified on our show that I was being. Uh, what did I say? I I was drafting him where I felt comfortable drafting him. I think is what I said. Yeah. Because I think I think personally he can be a top five quarterback this year. Uh, but then again, I don't want to draft him as a top five quarterback and have him be a QB two and lose my league. Yep. Yeah. Jack, JJ Zachariasen was on, he was his QB seven. So I was surprised that he had him above me. I was like, Oh, I'm going to have the highest, be the highest on Kyler. <laughs> I think I was at eight. And, uh, so yeah, so we're, we're all right there. Um, so it, it's, it look, and he has the upside of being a top five guy in the first year. So that's something we have to realize with Kyler. I, I think he's going to have an awesome year. But look, it's still an experiment. We could look back and laugh at the Cliff Kingsbury experiment. You know, it, it could go down in flames. Uh, we, it's really all projection right now. Uh, but, you know, I think it's wheels up for this Arizona offense. It's going to have a bounce back season when people aren't really looking at the Cardinals as, you know, a high-powered offense, uh, I think that's going to be the difference between, you know, your perception of reality of this year versus last year. 
So let's move on to these tight ends. Jeff, lead us off here. I, you, your tight end is very high up on my board. I like him a lot. Yeah, I think if you miss out on the, the top three, obviously, you know, with Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, there's that second tier of guys. Uh, O.J. Howard will be number four. And then Evan Ingram is my guy, my lock. And I love Ingram this year. I think everybody's kind of off of him because he had a bad season last year. And, you know, after his huge rookie season, I think record-breaking rookie season that he had, I think he had the most fancy points uh, since Gronk's rookie season for a rookie tight end. Uh, so, but looking at him this year, if you do splits uh, with uh, OBJ on the field and without OBJ on the field, Evan Ingram with OBJ on the field averaged uh, eight fancy points a game, which is, eh, it's okay. But without OBJ, it was 16 fancy points per game. So double what he is averaging when uh, he was on the field. So now, obviously, OBJ is not there anymore. You know, you still got you got that four-game suspension of Golden Tate. Uh, Sterling Shepard is now the number one receiver. How, how good will he be? And neither of these guys are, are field stretchers. And I think Ingram now becomes their field stretcher guy. I think he's the guy that's going to be down the field, you know, in that seam route for, for Eli Manning. And I think he becomes that deep threat guy that they're, they're going to need in that offense. And they're going to have Sterling Shepard and Tate work the underneath. So he's, he's, a, he's a big, big play for me. I think I'm going to draft him in most of my leagues. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think he is above O.J. Howard. Uh, I have him above O.J. Howard because of the people around him, like you're mentioning, you know, without Odell Beckham and the kind of just the Jags on the, on the Giants, it's the just another guys on the Giants. Uh, right. you know, there's just not a lot there, especially for the first four games of the season. You're going to see a big showing from Evan Ingram for the first four games without Golden Tate. Um, so, you know, if you want to get off to a hot start, um, and, you know, people might be taking Hunter Henry and O.J. Howard around the time Evan Ingram is available. I look at them as kind of a tier in their own. And if you can get Evan Ingram at the last one of those tiers, I think you're winning uh, in fantasy football. Yeah, and people want to knock Eli Manning as a reason to not draft Ingram. But if you look at Eli Manning's career, uh, there's not a season where he hasn't had a top 12 receiver on his offense. So he can make a receiver be a top 12 guy. So if Ingram is that receiver that he's going to you know, just give tons of targets to, you know, he could have a huge season this year. Blake, talk to me about your tight end. Yeah, so my tight end is going to be Jared Cook. Um, I like both of these guys that you guys have down on the list. Uh, but the thing for me with Jared Cook is I'm going to be able to get him a little bit later than Evan Ingram. I think your guy is actually going to provide better value maybe than Jared Cook, uh, Stephen. But the thing I'm liking with – with Jared Cook is Drew Brees. You know, he hasn't had a quarterback like this. I mean, he did have Aaron Rodgers for one year, uh, but he only played in 10 games that season. So, you know, I don't really count it. But you're looking at 101 targets last year with Derek Carr. So now you take Mark Ingram away from the Saints. They've got to be throwing the ball a lot more this year, I would think. You know, Alvin Kamara is still going to run the ball quite a bit, but – they're going to have to throw the ball through the air a little bit more because they don't have a second reliable running back. I mean, they have Latavius Murray, but Latavius Murray is not Mark Ingram. Uh, you know, 101 targets last year, 896 yards, six touchdowns. I could see similar numbers like that, maybe a few less targets, but uh, Drew Brees is a much better quarterback than Derek Carr. So, you know, I think that uh, sky's kind of the limit for Jared Cook, even though he's an older tight end. He's going to be 32. Yeah, he's kind of uh, come a, 
live here in these later years. I mean, last season for the Raiders was awesome. For for Jared Cook, you really were happy with him uh, in fantasy. Um, and he put up tight end one numbers very consistently for you. Um, so now he walks into a situation where you can argue it's better. I mean, he's on a better offense. Uh, Drew Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback, accurate quarterback, um, and has traditionally loved uh, his bigger targets. Uh, you can go back to Kobe Fleener. Um, and, and guys like that that he's utilized. Um, so, yeah, Jared Cook is in a good situation here. And they really don't have uh, a guy who stands out at that wide receiver, too. You know, they have Trey Quan, They have Ted Ginn. Both of those guys, I think, are going to have targets dispersed to both of them. But then Jared Cook, really, you could argue uh, in the receiving game, besides Alvin Kamara and uh, Michael Thomas, he could be the third most targeted guy in this offense. I think, too, he could also become their best red zone option as well. I mean, he's a big guy. They don't really have that, you know, sort of throw it up, jump ball kind of guy that can go get it. And I think Jared Cook could become that guy in the red zone. And we know the Saints offense will be in the red zone quite a bit this year. So that could, you know, be fewer targets for Jared Cook, but more touchdowns to sort of make up the difference. By Locke is a guy who I've talked about for a few episodes uh, in, in the offseason. I've mentioned him before. Uh, I definitely like talking about him because, uh, you know, he – is just great value. And when it comes to the tight end, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Jeff, if you're not drafting Travis Kelsey um, or Zach Ertz, potentially, you might as well just wait. Um, and then, you know, Evan Ingram is going to be a value, of course. Jared Cook, I think, is going to be awesome, uh, a great pick. But if you're just completely punt the position and you say, all right, I'm just going to wait until the double-digit rounds, um, and then if you do that, you really want upside, I think that the best pick you got in this draft is Mark Andrews. So Mark Andrews is coming into his sophomore season. Um, in his rookie year, you know, he really didn't do a lot for you in fantasy. He had great games. So DFS was – he was an awesome play. Um, and But you really probably didn't start him on weeks that he did well. It just didn't work out that way. And then he was uh, tight end too, uh, middle of the field. Um, but – he actually had the sixth most yards all time uh, at the tight end position for rookie. And actually he had more than Rob Gronkowski's rookie season. So Rob Gronkowski uh, in his rookie year had 546 yards. So last year, Mark Andrews, 552. He's a big play guy. And I kind of look at him in the same situation as Evan Ingram, Jeff, in that there aren't a lot of wide receivers in Baltimore, just like in New York. So now who is their best uh, pass catcher, you know, big play guy. And Mark Andrews is the most reliable pass catcher that I'm looking at as far as the receiving core on in Baltimore right now. So Lamar Jackson has worked with them, obviously in the last uh, bit of uh, the season last year, they had a couple connections, nothing big. They were really a run first team in, in, in the situation that Lamar Jackson was thrown into. But look, on the season, Mark Andrews had an A dot of 11.1, which led all tight ends with at least 50 targets. And so that's average depth of target. Only uh, O.J. Howard had more, which was 12.2, but he only had 46 targets. So he's, you know, for that stat, he's just not, he doesn't count. So Mark Andrews is actually a big play guy. He averaged 16.7 yards per reception last year. I mean, this is a guy who they're looking for downfield. He's a big play guy. This is exactly what he did in college. Um, you know, people kind of were thrown off because Hayden Hurst was uh, used as a, as a first-round draft pick. 
So you're thinking, oh, he's going to be the guy used. Well, not really. No, Mark Andrews was drafted as the pass catcher. And Hayden Hurst, because the Ravens like to use two tight ends, and of course they're a running team, they're loving Hayden Hurst right now for what he does for them. He's a great pass blocker. He's a great run blocker. And then he gives you a nice red zone presence. But when it comes to lining up in the slot, Mark Andrews is going to get a lot of run this year. And I think he's going to pay off big. You know, he only had three touchdowns last year. So if you give him two or three more touchdowns, last year he finishes right around that tight end 12. So you're probably looking at him a lot better. Like if he finished as tight end 12 last year, I think more people would have him higher up in their rankings. But I'm loving Mark Andrews this year. I think he's a smash. Yeah, I actually love him too. And actually I would have wrote him down if you hadn't stolen from me already because he was my guy. And his ADP is, is rising quite a bit. I've heard his name mentioned a lot of places. And from where you could get him about a month ago to where you're getting him now is totally different. Uh, but he's still going pretty late. He's still one of those guys I think that you can definitely get later rounds and, and return that value. And we've already heard a little bit in camp about uh, him and Lamar Jackson having a connection and how they're pretty much unstoppable right now in camp. And that Ravens defense is pretty good. So they're going to the Ravens defense, you know, week in or day in, day out. So if they're – they're beating that defense. There's a reason to think they can't beat the defenses that are in their division. And yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I think he's got a huge, huge upside and he could be that breakout guy. And, and I think for years to come could be one of the top tight ends in the league. They're going to run it down your throat. And before, and right when you think they're going to run it again, they have Andrews lined up in the slot. They have Hollywood Brown on the outside and they have miles Boykin. All of these guys are big play guys. All of a sudden they're going to take the lid off of the defense and Mark Andrews is going to be cutting up the field on the post and get you a 50-yard gain. And all of a sudden, he's a tight end one for the week on that one play. So that's, there's going to be times where that happens for you with Mark Andrews. Um, of course, they are a run-first team. And, you know, it it's, remains to be determined if Lamar Jackson can provide that kind, of, uh, that kind of volume or even consistency for Mark Andrews to be a week-in and week-out tight end for you. But I'm going to take the risk uh, at the end of my draft and uh, get him. I think he's a locked and loaded tight end one this year. I have him as a back end tight end one, uh, tight end eight uh, for me right now. So I'm one uh, spot lower. I got him as tight end nine. Wow. Yeah. So we're right on the same page today, Jeff. Um, awesome. Blake, talk to me about Mark Andrews real quick uh, before we get out of here. Yeah, I mean, I have him as my uh, tight end 12, but I'm definitely comfortable taking him as like a top eight guy. Uh, you know, I just worry a little bit about the volume. But like you said, he can have one 50-yard touchdown, and that's all you need out of him. So uh, I think you guys both hit that spot on with Mark Andrews. He was also going to be my lock. Uh, but obviously, Steven got to it first. So that was a trio <laughs> of us liking Mark Andrews. So, you know, yeah, you got some, some fast wide receivers there too, and they're going to run the ball. So I think you're going to be able to catch a defense by surprise with Mark Andrews and uh, hopefully he adds some more touchdowns this year, but I, I think that's when you're really going to see his value start to rise. All right, Jeff Lambert of Going for Two. Thanks for coming on the show, man. It's been awesome. Uh, tell the folks uh, what you have coming up for them and, uh, and uh, tell them where they can find you on Twitter. All right, so on Twitter, I'm at Jeff Lambert 77 It's Jeff spelled G-E-O-F-F. Of course, you can find me at goingfor2.com is the website. Uh, the podcast is live uh, starting on this, during the season. We're going to go live twice a week. Uh, Tuesdays and Fridays, we're on Facebook Live, we're on uh, YouTube, we're on Twitch, we're on Periscope. Anywhere you have a live video feed, we're on it. Uh, just search for Armchair Fantasy Show, and you can find the links also on the website for goingfor2.com. Uh, again, that charity contest, uh, the deadline is August 31st, so if you want to join up, uh, 
go to goingfor2.com backslash charity to join that DFS contest that we've got going on. So uh, thanks, guys, for having me on. I, I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we can do it again during the season. Oh, most definitely, man. We're going to have you back on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, go to the thefsgn.com and uh, sign up for the Fisher House League. Check out Full Time Fantasy for all your fantasy needs. Uh, they got a great uh, ADP resource for you over there. And, of course, sign up for some of those best ball leagues, some of those season-long leagues that they have, some high-stakes stuff and then some lower stuff, uh, some, like, $10 leagues, $35 leagues over at Full Time Fantasy. Uh, you can draft tonight over there at fulltimefantasy.com. Quick announcement, uh, I'm going to be at the Fantasy Football Midwest Expo over in Canton, Ohio. I'm going to check out the Football Hall of Fame, um, and then we're going to be recording live from the Expo, so I'll be recording a show. Uh, we're going to have Bob Lung. Bob Lung is obviously running the thing, um, so if, I believe he's still giving away free tickets, so if you're in the Ohio area, check out Bob Lung's Twitter, uh, at Bob underscore Lung. But be on the lookout for the pod. Uh, we're going to be recording live from Canton, Ohio at the Expo. We're going to have some nice guests on, including Bob himself. On behalf of Blake Sullivan and Jeff Lambert, my name is Steve Taroni. This has been the Hot Take Podcast.